Welcome back to The Observation. I'm Aubrey Strobel. The Observation is powered by Cash App. Cash App connects you to your personal finances and your funds. That's money. That's Cash App. Do you know what else is money, Addy? It's the hardest money. What? Dollar cost averaging into Bitcoin. That is money. So, that is money. So money. And you can do that with Cash App. Yeah. It's super easy. Yeah. And if you use my code Aubrey, you get $15 in free money if you're a new user and sign up. <gasps> I know. <laughs> you can download the Cash App app from the Google Play or App Store. So download it. Terms apply. Yeah. Sounds like money. <laughs> okay. We have a really good show today, Maddie. Yeah. Yeah. Do you want to hear what we're talking about? Yeah. Let me know. <laughs> okay. For the first time. <laughs> we are talking about the merge. Yeah. G Money. Yeah. And the 9DCC drop. Pseudo swap. I hate saying this next one. Andrew Tate. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Don Angie's lasagna. Oh. Okay. Let's talk about the, the merge. Yes. The merge is happening. Uh, the merge is the... Not to be confused with the purge. Not to be confused. It sounds scary, doesn't it? It does. It, it, it does. They didn't want to go with ETH2. ETH 2.0 was like too much, so they went with the merge. I think we need to get a little bit more creative with how we name, how we name things in this space. But the merge is basically Ethereum switching from proof of work to proof of stake this September. Oh, okay. If you don't know what those two things are, they're different ways that you can validate the blockchain, different ways that you can keep a blockchain running. Yes. And right now, both Bitcoin and Ethereum run on proof of work. When you hear proof of work, you can think proof of energy consumption. And basically, anyone who wants to mine or create or validate a new block in the chain has to put a bunch of energy into solving a really complex math problem. Mm -hmm. And if they can do that the best, essentially, they will win the right to create a block and therefore win a crypto as a reward. Proof of stake doesn't ask miners to compete by just consuming energy kind of wastefully. And instead, if you have a certain amount of the crypto, in this case, Ethereum, you can opt to be a validator and you will be assigned which blocks you have the right to validate and get the reward for. So that's that's the difference. Yes. And so Ethereum is doing this because they want more security and scalability and sustainability to its blockchain. And so this has been a long time coming it feels like it's never going to happen because they've been talking about it for so long. Um, since since he wrote, the when he published the white paper. And you know, the Bitcoiners and the ETH maxis, they really debate on which is a better model. It's, it's, yeah. it's constant crypto. Um, so this is a big event that will be happening and it will be reducing Ethereum's energy consumption by 99.95%. Yeah, that's pretty amazing. I mean, one of the biggest arguments against blockchain, and I think we noticed it a lot with the last NFT boom, was you know, people, celebrities who wanted to get involved or explore this new technology were just accosted immediately for destroying the earth because of the energy used with crypto mining, which personally I think the narrative around that is already, and, and we've talked about this, Aubrey was in a really good video about this. I know, this, I was about actually. to say this. Like, yeah, the, 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 the story around it has been super misconstrued, but... Well, people under, misunderstand energy consumption. Yeah, exactly. Period. Yeah. They think that energy is bad. Not yeah. energy. Not all energy is bad. Right. It's it's like 
it's, it's a very difficult topic and I would love to get into it. I want to go back to the merge. I, I'll link the, the hello Bitcoin video that yeah. I did with yeah, Bitcoin in, really in here, just so that you can understand Bitcoin's energy consumption. Um, and this is a longer topic about energy entirely. Yeah. But I think what's important here is what I'm concerned about is scammers because around times like this big mm. events, when there's a lot of misinformation being spread and people who are not into crypto, mm they hear about this merge and they think that they have to do something and yeah. there's nothing that you have to do with the Ethereum that you currently own that the, this will happen automatically. So there's basically two chains. There's a mainnet chain and the beacon chain and um, you, that will be. The beacon chain is the chain they've been testing this transition yeah. on for like yes. a year and a half, right? Yeah. For about two years. So um, that will happen seamlessly and you won't feel that. And if anyone's reaching out to you about ETH2 and you need to send funds to secure something, that's all bullshit. And that's not true. And there's there's really nothing you need to do. Damn, I didn't even think about that. Yeah, that's such an easy one. The merge is coming. Like, put your ETH in this wallet I just know, to save it. I just can imagine yeah. what... No, it's so true. People get scammed all the time. And yeah. I, th I think that it... I mean, the merge does sound scary. Like, back yeah. to what they called it. Yeah. It does sound like the purge. I don't want people to feel that are new to crypto feel like they're they're getting, like, screwed or that they need to do something because they're going to lose their money. Yeah, exactly. That's what I worry about. What's crazy about the name, the merge, too, is that Vitalik has talked about the other phases, and they are... It's the <laughs> surge, the verge, the purge, and the splurge. Which is a lot. Splurge. Feels, don't worry about those. Splurge yet. feels like it could be something. I don't know. Splurge feels good. Um. Anyway, but it's exciting. It's one of the biggest things to happen in the space in a long time, especially technically. Like watching if it happens. <laughs> <laughs> We've been waiting. Uh, but watching how this works and how people respond, I think, will be a huge. It'll just be a, a really important point in the history of the space and, and like seeing if it leads to more adoption. You know what's funny? Hoffman's throwing like a merge party. <laughs> that's how you know the, that this, that's the crypto space yeah. is so funny. It's just, that's my thing. I'm like, we're just a bunch of nerds who are like, happen to do a thing. That's Excited about popular. tech. We're like, this like, is sick. In the end, we are throwing parties <laughs> about changing our consensus. <laughs> mechanism. <laughs> you know, but like, what are the cons to this, Maddie? More centralization. Yeah, so so the way that proof of stake Kraken. works is that it's not just if you have the stake, you get assigned randomly. It's that if you have a bigger stake, you have more a, more, a larger percentage of the network. Yeah, you have more control, which is why the current system is fucked, right? Because people with more money yeah. have more control. It's less decentralized. Well, they have more resources to use more proof of energy consumption. They can use more energy to earn more blocks like me original bitcoin mining was just with your your own little computer you yes know, now you need a whole facility and so proof of stake tries to eliminate the need for people with money developing these huge facilities but then you have someone like coinbase who holds 16 percent of all the ethereum who's going to get a bunch of opportunities to validate blocks mm -hmm. and you know actually vitalik said that he would support um burning the stake of any uh potential validator who is beholden to U.S. regulatory institutions, which is kind of interesting and probably a good idea. But, it, but again, cool. it's like it's like you're starting the system with the people kinda who like have that. the most influence and the most power. Yeah. You're just like rewarding them for that, which is an interesting I'm a, I'm solution. A, I'm a proof of work girly myself. Yeah. <laughs> Use renewables, baby. 
Um, okay, cool. So we'll come back to that when it happens, in sept- if it happens in September. <laughs> <laughs> Seems like it's going to happen, you guys. So some other cool things happening in crypto. Our yeah. good friend G Money did, co- did a cool wearable drop. Yeah. What's kind of happening happening now. Yeah. Just sort of started. With 9DCC. So these really cool shirts that allow you basically to scan the shirt and get an NFT or non-fungible token for scanning the shirt. And this is cool because you can pass on the yeah. shirt. And then once you pass it on, it is now in that person's wallet. And right. they scan the NFT. They scan they it. Yeah. What's, what, what I think is cool, G does a really good job of, of using actual clothing. Like, I, like I, cool clothing? Yeah, he came yeah. to a party um, in LA that I was hosting with some people who were looking to kind of learn more about NFTs. And he shows up and he has this little, um, like this little, you know, the trendy Prada bags that had the little keychain for a phone that's yeah, yeah. not the size of anyone's phone anymore. So he had that little keychain, but inside of it was the same kind of chip that's in the shirt. Yeah. And you could scan it and you would get a, a, a POAP, which is like a proof of attendance NFT that essentially showed that you had met G Money in person. And so you could kind of, he could kind of track who he had let sort of scan this little thing it used to be called business cards and yeah exactly no exactly but but my friend scanned it and he has a fashion company and he was like this is amazing because now if i can wear something and if you're kind of if i like you you're cool and you scan it and that automatically gets you a discount at my store that's an, that's a huge game changer and it's so called loyalty membership <laughs> but it's just a a, a fun I'm just kidding you know, it's a fun <laughs> seamless way to do these things so it's it'll be cool to see the experiment. I mean, I don't know what the end goal of this is, but it's it's cool to see people start. I do like with it. I do like wearables. Uh, wearables are like basically um, a chip that is connected to some blockchain technology um, in, clo- in in physical clothing, not just an NFT online. So it's it's kind of cool. You could do a lot with it. Yeah. And uh, luxury brands are looking to get involved. I have a feeling we're going to be seeing a lot of ugly clothes made by the aforementioned nerds that are us. But G Money stuff is not. It's ugly. cool. I'm actually. I'm going to get it. It's money. That's money. It's cash out. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Cool. Love it, G. <laughs> we're proud of you. We're proud of you. Good job. Um, pseudo swap. Have you heard of pseudo swap, Maddie? I have not actually heard of pseudo swap. Well, let me tell you. I mean, when you read it off of the notebook paper five minutes ago, I did hear of it, but. So we we were just talking about NFTs, right? Yeah. So this is a way to provide liquidity in NFTs because right now on something like OpenSea, you can really only trade your NFTs if someone puts in an order to buy it or you sell it, right? Right. Okay. So this is basically like the Uniswap of... Of NFTs, so you can you can put up like a dick butt. Uh, I keep I need to stop saying dick butt on this, but an ape or whatever. She loves the dick butts. We love one D equals one B. Um, but you can basically create like a liquidity pool with okay, some cri- with some crypto and NFTs, and so it's just people, adding to the like trader. It's another casino. Mentality. Is really what it is, and yeah. I was and I was excited about it until I found out that they don't pay royalties to creators. And that's the whole Damn. premise of NFTs, right? Damn, yeah. That's a, that's a, that's a rogue, rogue move, kind of sneaky. Well, th- this is, makes me think that, first of all, I don't, 
NFTs not paying royalties, I think, is a flaw in the system, number one. But number two, it just, the way that uh, creators then structure their NFTs will be different. But it'll be a higher mint because they're not yeah. getting paid down the line. So basically what you're saying is that NFT creators don't benefit from this at all, but it's gone up like insane. Oh yeah, in value, because, right? because crypto loves a casino and the value of Pseudoswap has jumped from 120,000 to 3 million in the past month. Wow. Yeah. Wow, that's amazing. I mean, I don't know. More ways for people to make money in the space. Even during a bear market, people find a way. There's a will, there's a yeah. way. Um, Hot take is that the metaverse is not in a bear market. It really isn't. Um, okay. The one thing that I didn't want to talk about today, but I feel like we got to address. Hmm. Big elephant in the room. Everyone's talking about it right now. I can't stand this person. And I don't actually want to give airtime to him, but I think now that he's deplatformed, it feels okay. Right. Andrew Tate, who was kicked off of everything, like, Every single platform, TikTok, <laughs> Facebook, Twitch, Instagram, Twitter, like every single platform has deplatformed him for hate speech. Mm. Um, and if you don't know who Andrew Tate is, don't you, you're up. a good person. You're, you're a good person. If you do you're know who Andrew- You're on the good side of the internet. If you do know, shame on you. He's a, he's, <laughs> he's a kickboxer. Andrew Tate became famous by saying like, he was he did this amazing combo of okay, here's like self-help for men, but like a huge portion of that is saying that like women are property. Basically, it was like yes. you are strong. He's famous you know? for having a vi he beat up his girlfriend. There was this video that went what viral. He he talks about how like women should listen and like do all this weird and and no it's kind of gross and I don't want to call out people in the crypto space, but maybe I will. There's tons of people in the crypto space that have given Andrew Tate a platform. I'll call him out. Here's the crazy thing about the fact that he's been deplatformed. He was on Pomp's podcast. He was on Portnoy's podcast. He was on a bunch of people's shows for a long time. Do you know time. why he was on their shows? Why? Because he is a cult audience. And those yeah. people know that he brings in a ton of viewers. And, it, and like that's the thing in this YouTube game that I don't subscribe to. I think yeah. it's disgusting. Okay, if someone's a big guest and they bring in their nasty followers, is that who really who you want? Yeah. yeah. And 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 there's other people in the space. I won't say that had him on. And it's like, at what cost? Does anyone have any integrity in this space at all? Yeah. What's What's crazy just about like his sort of strategy too with his cult following is he doesn't have a TikTok account, but part of his like pyramid scheme hustle university hustler university is you post videos of him for him. So he didn't have one TikTok account. He had 10,000 people running his clips for him, which you have to admit is like an insane idea. So even though he's been deplatformed, yeah. like TikTok, he never even had a platform. Everyone can keep posting his stuff if they want. Yeah, I mean, he's not totally scrubbed off TikTok. Like his, yeah. the hashtag Andrew Tate has like billions of. Because he never even posted on his TikTok. Yeah. But he got people to, well, that's actually, that, that's another people. problem though. Yeah. The fact, I think the fact is that there's so many men that like Andrew Tate yeah, and think that women are property and that you should like treat women like shit yeah. is the actual pandemic of this whole, Seriously. No. but it is, it is the actual problem. Yeah. It's a, it's a huge problem. There's, but I he rose up like that. 
Yeah. Well, I think it's weird how it's it's. Um, and also, I'm not for censorship, but like, I'm not, I'm glad he's fucking gone. Yeah. Well. Fair enough. He also just just a bald little bitch. He's gone, know. but he's not. <laughs> He's not gone. Like he, that's uh, what's interesting. There was a He'll tweet that said that Andrew stuff. Tate looks like if you tried to draw a pit bull from memory. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good one. I also I put out a tweet about it too, um, which was I didn't ever talk about him because I don't I don't like the idea of giving people platforms. But I said Andrew Tate is a social experiment, and if you didn't engage up until this point, you won because <laughs> <laughs> it's like if you. If you give people who at the time have platforms attention, yeah. you're just driving more attention their way. But now that he has nothing and he's been totally ripped off of the internet, like disappeared, yeah. I feel okay with it. But I want to go back to the, what you said about like not giving him a platform though, because I think th- this kind of inflammatory character comes around like every year in a different format. And what I think is so interesting about them is it's a lot of the time the people who hate them that catapult them into public awareness. Like he was on all those podcasts and I, I never really heard of him. I didn't, I didn't really notice, but it's people who go back to his stuff and like they get upset about it. And so they share it and, and that all that emotional energy that goes into him. I'm not yeah. saying just ignore it. That's bad advice, but it's just interesting. Like, you know, I remember in 2016, that girl, Tommy Laren, you know, oh, yeah, yeah. whatever her name was like, most of the people making her famous were people who hated her. It's kind of an, it's an inverse. Well, that's why, that's why I didn't do it. It's like, I don't, don't make stupid people famous. Yeah. And people have no self-control. They love to be enraged. They love to like write a whole thing. Like that's four paragraph Facebook posts. Yeah. It's like, you're the problem, dude. You stop talking about him. Don't give people attention. If you don't, you, that's how you actually make people disappear. Yeah. But it's Okay. Not to to defend Andrew Tate, but if you come up with the worst controversial takes, it's it's like playing with like the low smooth brain America and world. Smart. It's it's just like obviously people are going to disagree with you. Say if I said something crazy on this podcast that everyone was like, "Oh my god, I can't believe she said that." It causes people to get pissed off, and it's just it's like poking the bear it's low-hanging fruit it's easy to yeah. do yeah. that's why he did it well, well he also believes in it interest- but. yeah well he's an asshole but it's not interesting it's it's like predictable that that kind of person comes around and they they push those predictable buttons it's like actually being a misogynist is not new okay. you're not doing anything new by saying shitty things about women you're doing like a very old thing true i also the other thing that I think is gross in crypto is that there's so many people that cape up. No one caped up on my tweet for Andrew Tate. Mm. Maybe there was one or two comments, but it was like, if you're for uh, deplatforming and censorship, then you've lost. And uh, yeah. honestly, this goes back to this is a this is a larger argument, but you know, Trump got kicked off Twitter and every other platform. He even got kicked off Pinterest, um, <laughs> as if t- Trump was. <laughs> Pinning those lemon rhubarb. <laughs> he, you know, he he pins those recipes onto the truck. Okay, weirdly, I was looking at this last night, really, just really quick. Yeah, more of Pinterest users are men than women, which I don't think anyone would expect. But it's like forty sixty. I don't believe that. So. Yeah, don't believe it. I promise you can look it up. Um, anyway, Trump got deplatformed. So Trump's deplatformed. Um, 
and it, everyone went to this argument is Twitter. Well, first it was Twitter because that was really his main source. Yeah. And it was like, is Twitter bad? Is Twitter the business? Is it the town square? It is, is it the bar in town? You know, is, is kicking him off ethical? And that's been a big debate. And now that Andrew Tate has gotten kicked off, um, it's, you know, these social media companies basically are saying, if you don't align with our values and you're representing and you're growing your platform on our sites, then we can get rid of you. Almost like a sponsorship. If you don't follow suit of what we believe in, then you're out. And it's also sort of this um, domino effect because you know, Facebook kicks you off, which is, and Instagram yeah, naturally Instagram. meta companies. And then yeah. Twitter's not going to do it. And then, and then Twitch is like, okay, do we do it? Of course they're going to do it. And no one's going to be like, well, we're keeping Andrew Tate on YouTube. Right. You know, it kind of, right. it's a whole, everyone folds. But sort of the, the problem that I have with censorship or deplatforming on these centralized platforms is it, it, it comes back to some humans evaluation of what is right and wrong. And, that's the or problem, a companies or a company or, you know or the board of a company and that's the the problem with free speech all the time is like you know people there's a there's a gradient there and the thing about Andrew Tate is that like we were saying he was on all these podcasts he had a platform for a long time he was saying these things for a long time it was when people got outraged and decided you know he's against our thing and they go to Twitter and they go to Instagram and they say you have to take him off the platform that he gets removed but they're deplatforming people or shadow banning people all the time where there's no public outrage about it like so, zero, like totally. zero hedge when they first reported that covid escaped from a lab in China immediately were removed from Twitter yeah i don't i didn't even know what zero hedge was i just remember seeing that right zero hedge and you know i hadn't i hadn't heard of them whatever it was um, back in 2019 but it's you know yeah, I censorship know is subject to the whims of the censorer, and I and I think that's where this comes into play. Is like they well, let him say those hateful things; they're out there. They didn't actually have women's best interest in mind. They didn't care that it was hate speech. I just don't. There, there, there has to be something internally that's happening at these companies. Where I know, I've heard that internally at Twitter there was people that were not happy working there, mm. and they complain and threw a fit because because what because why? because of Trump. Because he was deplatformed. No, because because they were still letting him. Because tweet. they were working for a company that enabled Trump mm. to to tweet. Yeah, and I think there's a lot of stuff that happens internally at these companies, and then yeah. and then change happens. But with Andrew Tate, he's been causing like a ruckus all summer. Yeah, it just gets to the point that they're like, okay, cover our ass. Like this is a problem that we don't want to be responsible. But the thing for. is that there's still child porn on Twitter. I mean, yeah. this, this is like I'm not trying to go a million ways with this, but I. I it's important to call out that everything is contextual and it's like, do they actually want to solve all the problems that are happening? I mean, it's very hard to censor the internet, right? Because there are people that whose jobs on YouTube and on TikTok and on Twitter are to go through and find all like abusive content, abuse, anything and, and flag yeah. it. It's a, it's a human job. Yeah. Yeah. And it, but but really it's take its but it, it still is allowed, and uh, they the internet optimizes for insanity. It optimizes for polarization. It optimizes for extremes. They make money off of him. They they will not deplatform him until the last moment when they have to. 
Like I'm curious yeah. what the impetus was because they they want people like him. I was trying to and figure he's bred out thousands of little hymns that they will not take. But that's the fucking problem for me. It's like they've bred a bunch of men that now are probably more enraged because their hero has been yeah. stripped down from the internet and they're like, "Well, we got to go evangelize and spread Andrew Tate's mission." And then they will treat women like that and it's disgusting. This goes back to my argument about men who don't have a good father and they need these hero figures. Mm like Elon Musk, Elon is not like Andrew Tate at all, but they're, they find people that are like cool and then they follow them because right. they don't actually have a, a dad or any actual good male model to follow after. Right. So they just, they're like, Andrew Tate's the man. He says, fuck bitches and hit him. Yeah. Let's do that. Like, it's like, Love that it's, but there's people out there that feel no, that way. Yeah, and yeah. then they do that. They're like, my bitch doesn't listen to me. So I hit her and I took a video of it. I'm a fucking G. I think one of the problems that I have with the internet or like Sorry. maybe that modern <laughs> people have with the internet is that exact thing though, which is that someone who watches that video and is like, yeah, I agree. Like, like women are, are my property. They kind of always felt that way. They just wanted the to be internet, validated. In it's their like opinion. the internet brings that out. Like all the internet's done is make you aware of that. You know, I and that's, guess that's hard. I think that's why people get sad on the internet. Because they, yeah. they, that's hard. You know who I feel sad for? KLTV's Andrew Tate, the weatherman in oh, East Texas, no. who's also named Andrew Tate, oh. who is really going through it this week because the internet's not that smart, of course, right? So they think that this poor man, this poor weatherman, just trying to give you your, your weekly weather report, meteorologist, <laughs> is a villain, and he's not. I'm sorry, Andrew. It's been a, r a rough week for you. That's that's really a bummer. Don't name your kids common names. I was gonna say Andrew, Andrew and Tate are like both not particularly. Unique, this is so a case like, to name your your kids something unique. It's tough when everyone's talking about something, and so you want to participate in it too, you know, and you want to get in on the conversation. It's like some super popular restaurants in New York City, and everyone obsesses over them, and yes. it's hard to resist going and, and getting is, a table this, for yourself. This is very true. This is very true. So I went to a restaurant in New York City. I've been trying to get into this restaurant for a while because it's very close to my house um, in the West Village called Don Angie. And it's been written about in Vogue, uh, Delish, all these different magazines raving. And people have been talking about these pinwheel lasagna things mm -hmm. for a while, right? Mm -hmm. And I was like, I need to try this. And it... It really takes a good picture. It's photogenic. Mm. She's beautiful, right? So we it's go large. in there. I sit down, try these, the $64 plate. And there's about like four or five. Yeah. So we, they're about, you know. 20. They're like rolls. Yeah. It's not a stack. We'll put a photo on It's a spiral. A spiral. And they're, they're iconic. Everyone in New York raves about it. Tried it. I wanted to like it. Wasn't good. I saw on your Instagram story that you said overrated. I did. And I think it's important to, because people naturally, when they go into a restaurant, they want to like it, especially a nice restaurant in New York City. Yeah. They want to rave about it and be like, oh, I tried the nice thing. Yeah. But sometimes it's just not good. And you got to be honest with yourself. Yeah. You, can't, you can't buy into the hype of anything. And especially pinwheel lasagna at Don Angie. I would like to give Don Angie another chance. I heard the veal's very good, but I... I you liked I, I so I went so there was a there was it a, was mediocre man. COVID was no good 
we hated the lockdowns, but there was this beautiful time in the transition out in the winter where you could get a reservation day of at the most exclusive restaurants uh, in New York, that was a like time. without trying. And so my parents were in town visiting and two hours before there was like six slots open at Don Angie, which FYI doesn't happen. You have to like go on. I had to days. beg. No, I had to go. I had to go up and beg for the yeah. the table. Yeah. And I've gone. I've gone maybe eight times, and they've been like, "No." That's why you didn't like the taste because they humiliated you. But no. anyway, I sat down <laughs> with my parents, and they had this nice little heated outdoor thing, and I thought it was quite delicious. They had this like cool, this delicious like broccoli side, and um, they're like flatbread or so, I, I I liked it all. And I'm not a big lasagna person, and Neither I am I. and I and I liked it. I actually, I actually really liked it now that I'm thinking about it. Really? Yeah. My parents and I, we left, we were like, we weren't obsessing over it in the sense that like, I wasn't like, yeah, I went to Don Andrew and blah, blah, blah. But I, I just, to me, it was unique and delicious. And I appreciated that. I'm going to tell you, it was not, there was not a lot of flavor. It just felt like it was, it said set out for three hours and it Felt mm. like I could have gotten that dish anywhere in New York. Not a raved about dish. Okay. And I think it's important to to not like things just because other people like things. Don't like Andrew Tate because other dudes like Andrew Tate. Don't like the pinwheel lasagna just because other people in New York say it's good. Make your own decisions about things. I tweeted something similar to that yesterday. My first tweet in a long time. I said, stop liking the things you think you're supposed to like and start liking the things that you actually like. Facts. Seems hard. Can't it seems t- easy, but it's hard. It is hard. Um, yeah. yeah. So, so I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll give it another chance. <laughs> giving Don Angie's another chance. That's money. I That's cash up. I always give it, like, I, I can always give a restaurant two tries. Yeah. Does it happen where there's off nights? What places? I don't think that's don't a, it's a Michelin star restaurant. How does that happen? Aubrey, your taste is just it's too refined. It's it's too elevated. I it's, think so. You've you have you've surpassed even I the know. standards of New York City. I know. It's just it's it's hard, hard to impress. Yeah. Difficult, some might say. I know. Yeah. So it sounds like the lasagna at Don Angie's might not be money. Not money. But we know that Cash App's money. For sure. And we know that using Cash App is is money and when we were talking in the beginning about all the amazing ways you can use cash app it reminded me that you have a a pretty legendary cash app story so the best cash app story of all time is one time a few years ago i dated a guy from la red flag huge red flag why is it red flag maddie we hate la exactly (laughs) um and it was his birthday and I had gotten him three gifts. One was an LA Clippers jersey because he liked the Clippers. Number two was a winter coat because he'd never had one. Because he's from LA. He's from LA. It doesn't get cold in LA. And number three was a beautiful bar cart. Beautiful. Beautiful. It's a good gift. A bar cart is a, is a very good gift. Yeah. It's a nice housewarming gift, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and he really wanted a bar cart. So I got him a bar cart, looked all over, scoured the internet for a beautiful, sleek bar cart because they can look a little feminine. And I found a masculine one, bought it. It came broken. Damn. Yeah. That's a bummer. It was tough. Um, so took it back, came broken a second time. Again. Was it a metaphor for the relationship? 
Was everything falling apart? It was. It was. So he doesn't take it back the second time. We break up a few months later. So now he's got a broken bar broken cart bar and heart. a broken, a broken heart. heart. Oh. <laughs> we didn't plan that. Damn. Uh, yeah. And you know me, great discipline and uh, really cut off relationships and no contact after. Mm. That's a skill. It Going is. no contact, huge skill. I actually taught Cooper <laughs> this. Leave that out. Um, and he thanked me for it because the method works and it's just the healthiest way to get over someone and to move on for yourself. Mm. It's respectful on both sides. So highly recommend. We'll talk about relationships in the future, but anyway, so no contact method. We broke up. I never talked to him again. He messages me and says, hey, can you pay me for the bar cart? Excuse me? Yeah, so my philosophy is if you give someone a gift, a gift means that it is of that person's own volition. It is a free thing, right? That right. You did, you, he did, you I didn't owe I, them the bar cart. I, yeah, it's not like there was some deal set up where I was supposed to give a bar cart and yeah. therefore he needed it. It was a something he never had. Right. And if I would have just gotten him the Clippers jersey and the jacket, that would have actually just been just fine. Right. But he wanted the money for the bar cart. That's insane. We've reached a new level when you're explaining to people what gifts are. Yeah, and it was just one of those things that I think people try to kind of like twist the knife at the end of a relationship to hurt you, mm. which I would never do to anyone. I think that's so messed up. And also to, it's embarrassing a little bit. Like, are you so broke you can't buy yourself a new bar cart? It's not even that. It's more just like. It's it's all Are it. you so lazy that you can't try to return it again to get one if you wanted it? There's so, so many factors. Really what it was was like a cry for help that I was not going to answer. So instead of responding to the text, I just sent him on Cash App. And these are the receipts. We have the receipts, everybody. What does it say, Maddie? How it says, for the bar cart, exclamation point. $363.58. And that's the price of paying someone off to get the fuck out of your life and never talk to you again. Because how petty is that? That's money. That's, that's cash, cash up. up. <laughs> <laughs> that's money. <laughs> Thank you guys for tuning in. This was a very wild episode. I liked it. It was fun. If it's you fun. like what you... What you saw here, like and subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Also, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And also use my code, Aubrey. $15 in free money if you're new user to Cash App. And we'll see you back here next time. Good luck and Godspeed. Godspeed.